0: exposing more progressive information war tactics that come from the head of the progressive propaganda team, or whatever you want to call them, itself. You're watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Today is a pre-recorded show I recorded last night after the show that Cam and I recorded, which is why I'm wearing the exact same shirt. Not wearing it back-to-back days, or maybe I am, but not right now I'm not. That is yet to be determined So, I'm going to be out of town for a couple days, so I want to go ahead and get this recorded. And I want to make a quick announcement. There will be a DPPA, Disappearing Patron Party, early next week, possibly as early as Sunday evening. I will let you all know for sure when I know, which will be soon. We have not done one of these in a little bit because I've had some scheduling conflicts that have been tough to overcome. But now that I've worked some of that stuff out, I will be making up for that lost time. And we will be doing one next week probably Sunday, but I will let you know for certain. And if you are unable to attend this one, don't worry. There will be another one shortly thereafter. I am personally looking forward to it because it's, it's been a little while and it's going to be fun. I need to blow off some steam on with the show for today. So I'm going to be picking up where Cam and I left off earlier this week with the the behind-the-curtains look at this indivisible activist training that featured one of Obama's top guys and one of the top progressive propagandists that there is. He was their keynote speaker, and this is a guy that they swoon over. He has a lot of influence, not just over them, over the Democrat progressive movement. Stacey Abrams is on this guy's show All the time, they have a very popular podcast because they got millions of dollars to start it and they were given money right when they came out of Obama's White House to do it. And this training that he is a keynote keynote, a virtual keynote speaker at, it gives a lot of insight into the mindset of, These propaganda activists, how they how they brainwash their members, where all the scripted talking points come from, as I showed you the other day, and the ones that get tweeted that we see just multiple accounts saying the exact same thing verbatim over and over again. I I showed you exactly where those come from. Maybe I'll play that clip again. And it's literally like a a training session. This one in particular is to focus on conducting information warfare against quote MAGA Trumpiism. I mean, that's one of the premises of it, and. They literally call it information warfare. So they're normalizing this idea of being deceptive, of warfare, of you're in a fight and this is a propaganda war. And this is something I've noticed over the past few years, the normalization of not caring about the truth or or fact or evidence-based things, but simply caring about the moral high ground or your personal truth that you believe is better and your values that you believe are better and cannot coexist with the other. So therefore your truth must fight their disinformation, which is simply just disagreeing with yours. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Anyway, we're going to start there and we're going to start with him. We focused yesterday mostly on the tactical stuff and we will have a little bit more of that, but I want to start with this keynote speaker guy who is Dan Pfeiffer is his name, the host of Pod Save America, the former communications chief for Obama, as well as his top advisor for six years in the White House. He's an operative and his job is to spread the propaganda message for progressives around the country and to indoctrinate and train other soldiers to follow his instructions. This is top-down, appearing to be grassroots movement that they're doing. It's a united front, as the Bolshevik communists would put it. That's, That's kind of the way they're trying to make this look like anyway. So, this hero of progressive propaganda was speaking, and here he is in this clip. He's taking a question from one of the activists and I want you to listen to how she asked the question, just her tone, because I found that to be interesting as well. But in his answer to this question, he reveals a tactical approach. That's what the question is about. And he reveals the role that he and those like him had in cancel culture, which is something that they told us didn't exist. They insisted that conservatives and others were making that up. It doesn't exist. And here he is admitting in his answer that he was part of it, very much part of it.
1: So. Shouldn't we be focusing on stopping disinformation spreaders instead of just trying to combat all their disinformation? So basically, should we um, stop chasing? Now, am I
0: going to go there? Should we? Shouldn't we focus on? She's not going to go there. She's not going to go there. That sounds like she's talking about something that only needs to be talked about in the back room with a few of us, not in front of everybody else. And I did mention yesterday, they said at the beginning of this Indivisible training session that the journalists who are there are not allowed to report on the things they hear and see, but then they published it on their YouTube page. So maybe they changed their mind, but she seems to think she's in some sort of secretive you know, place where, where only certain people who are elite have this knowledge. And there's a very big difference in the way these instructors talk when this guy is on screen versus when he's gone, they're trying to impress him. They're very much trying to impress him. Now I talked about their system of rewards and he actually told them directly how, the, how he, he said, here's how I manipulate you and why it doesn't matter that I'm telling you yesterday, which is they, make them think that they have this important role in fighting against this great evil of Trumpism that is going to destroy their way of life and and the planet altogether. And they must act now. He is the experienced one. The other leaders are the experienced one. They don't know what they're doing. So he's going to give them the scripted messages from the top down and they're going to deliver them in their local communities and make them look like it's grassroots. It's artificial. It's kind of like astroturfing, but they reward them is when they do their job well, They get praised on the social media platform of their choice. They get retweeted. They get highlighted by the National Indivisible Group, by people like this guy. And it makes them feel good and warm inside, and it fills a void they have because they do target specific types of people. I'm telling you, that book, The Bolshevik Weapon, I think it's called The Bolshevik, The Organizational Weapon. It's about turning activists into a weapon, which is what they are doing here. And it talks about how they specifically look for types of people that they can manipulate more easily. And that is what they do. The same things he's talking about are described in this book, described by Vladimir Lenin, to organize and bring people in to do your bidding for you, to fight a war without question, an information war in this case. So these people have fallen under the spell of this guy and they have no idea how he really thinks of them. You can tell. Look at the way he he kind of reacts to them. He, He seems to react to them with a little bit of disdain as though... They're beneath him. That's what it comes off to me as. Maybe I'm reading into that. But the way he rolls his eyes and stuff, maybe he's doing that because of the way he feels about conservatives or MAGA Republicans. Maybe I'm projecting that. But he seems to be here because he thinks he has to in order to continue manipulating this this mob here. And, yeah, I'll let the clip go on. I'm I'm ranting about the way she asked the question. I just found it interesting because her tone did change when he was there versus when he wasn't. And when he was there, she came off as pretentious, as though she was ready to be welcomed into the secret room where all of the the plans get made, and that she was going to be sitting next to Klaus Schwab at the next Davos meeting, is what it felt like to me anyway.
1: I'll let him continue. I'm stopping disinformationist brothers instead of just trying. I'll take that back. No, I'm i going to go there. Should we shouldn't we focus on stopping disinformation spreaders instead of just trying to combat all their disinformation? So going after the folks that are doing it rather than just focusing on the disinformation. I,
0: so she spoke kind of fast here. I actually had to watch it a couple of times. You guys you guys might have got it right away, but she basically seems to be asking why focus on the actual disinformation when we can just cancel people. That that's what you discover that she's asking with the way he answers the question. Sure.
2: I've sort of come to the conclusion that over the long run, we are not going to succeed in stopping every disinformation spreader because the people, the platforms by which they get attention, do not really care enough about the things we care about to do that. It feels like for so much of the time since 2016, so much of our energy has been we're going to cripple Fox News by doing ad boycotts and we're going to pressure YouTube and Facebook to ban this person or take this person off and I'm not against those efforts like but I think ultimately they suffer from the same problem that it is we are handing the ultimate agency for solving the disinformation problem to major corporations and billionaire tech moguls who, and over the long arc of of world history, leaving the fate of democracy in the hands of rich and powerful people, corporations, and it generally does not end well. And so I want us to like-
0: So that whole part there was interesting to me. The ad boycotts, the YouTube stuff, seems to be making an admission That he, who worked in the White House for six years as a top presidential advisor, actively participated, and he doesn't oppose, deplatforming people. Did they do that when he was in the White House? Probably. Did he do it more provably afterwards when he became this leader of the—I mean, this guy is one of the leaders of the progressive movement outside of the White House. There's no doubt about that. Pod Save America. That that's just that is the most fabricated grassroots thing you've ever seen in your life. When your podcast is released on day one, you have millions of dollars worth of funding from wealthy Democrats, and then you're already at the top of the podcast charts. That that is a operation appearing trying to look like a grassroots thing. It's kind of like when I talk about Chris Cuomo now doing podcast from his house, trying to make it look like he is. You know, bootstrapping it like all the real podcasters who aren't on the mainstream media are. That that seems that's kind of what they did with Pod Save America there. And they were actively participating in that movement, but it wasn't effective enough. So they told us cancel culture wasn't there, yet they were actively involved in it. We still see these organizations called Grab Your Wallet, Sleeping Giants, which they have these online social media hit squads that anytime somebody opposes their values with a message that they make or or they don't like or doesn't agree with them. They just send a social media hit squad out. In fact, they have a blacklist of organizations and people to target. I mean, talk about doxing. These people were the original doxers and they have what has to happen, what they have to do to get off their blacklist, to get taken off and what outcome they need to get from them. I mean, it's horrible. It's terrorism. Is basically what it is, yet it's okay because they're progressive activists. And he seems to be one who is okaying and has in the past participated in this type of really pressure terrorism st- stuff that the FBI right now is searching or investigating domestic terrorists on the right side, uh, you know, conservative angle of people who are doing that, yet do it on the other side and you are perfectly okay. So the reason that he's not. As enthusiastic about that, he's about to explain. I found that even more interesting. I've decided that
2: for me, my focus is going to be trying to build up the progressive megaphone to be able to better fight back against that disinformation than trying to pressure Mark. Well, at the end of the day, Mark Zuckerberg decides what's on Facebook. I don't don't have a lot of faith that Mark Zuckerberg is going to choose the right thing. And ultimately, I mean, the way to think about it is, all of the pressure to get Donald Trump off social media worked. He's off, right? I mean, I don't really count Truth Social, but he's off Facebook. He's off YouTube. He doesn't even get that much coverage from some of the other channels. And yet he, Trumpism is just as strong as it was when he was on those platforms. And disinformation is just as big a problem as when he was on those platforms. And so I think the long-term solution here is what Truth Brigade is doing. It's uh, what so many other progressives are doing trying to build up our megaphone to be able to fight, you know, what I think really is information
0: warfare from on a stronger footing. There you go. So he wants to fight this information warfare against Trumpism and the disinformation. That's what he wants to do. That That, that is where the key is right there. Trumpyism and the disinformation. Before that, he said, he doesn't want to leave the fate of democracy in the hands of these corporations. That is, unless, of course, this corporation is BlackRock, the World Economic Forum partner, the largest ESG funder on the planet that has aggressively attempted to take democracy into its own hands and determine its fate and shape the world in its own vision or the vision of Klaus Schwab or whoever. BlackRock and other woke corporations, these clowns are all about them. They support them. They love them. They pretend to be revolutionaries. They pretend to be counterculture. They're not. They absolutely support the the Disney's, the what, what's the the gun store that I can't remember the name of it, Dick Sporting Goods that removed all their guns and became a woke corporation, BlackRock. They, they are all. They are the biggest supporters of the corporate world government that exists. Yet they're pretending to be counterculture. Yet he doesn't want democracy put in the hands of that. That is an absolute lie. These, The whole woke progressive movement here, it's attempting to usher in global corporatism, and they're doing it under the guise of fighting for democracy. But those who have fallen under the spell of this progressive propaganda and con artists like this guy, they have not stopped to reflect on what the movement actually is that they're helping further. Because they have been put in a state of constant... Anger and hatred and fear towards Trump, and told, We know what we're doing. There's no time. There's no time. The climate's crushing us. Fascism fascism is crushing us. You must act now, now, now. And the people identify with them more, so they just follow their orders verbatim. And they don't actually ever use their thinking brain to think, Wait a minute. Let me step back and see what is actually happening here. And that's the key to this propaganda. They don't want to give them a second to do that. So, he does reveal that agenda on the next level, the Trumpism aspect of it. But he, what he doesn't do, what no one does, is define what Trumpism actually is. Can I get a concrete definition, please, of what Trumpism is? Because I've never heard one. I mean, I know what it is. You guys know what it is. Tr- Trumpism, it, it's it's not just semi-fascism. That's part of it. It's Nazism. That's, that's what Trumpism is. It's the downfall of everything they've ever known. It's... People who don't wear masks. It's people who question the mask mandates. It's people who don't throw themselves at the feet of Joe Biden and and have questions about the red, satanic, hellish background during a speech the other day. It's people who aren't enthusiastic about fighting overseas wars all the time. It is Trumpism, and it must be stopped according to to these people. It's the authoritarian monster under democracy's bed. It's not really democracy there. He's actually promoting global corporatism and this whole movement is. But that is what they convince them that it is and that it must be stopped. But in reality, as I said, it's vaguely defined on purpose because anytime they concretely define things, they can't apply it to anybody. They want to leave it open because it's a demonized term. And anytime someone who disagrees with their narrative speaks out that they need to demonize and they need to get their followers to stop listening to and to instantly not trust... They just say it's Trumpism. That's it. It's the oldest propaganda move in the book. It's I, I pulled from one of the old documents from like the 1930s the other day where they were talking about this name-calling tactic. You just label it something, and then anybody who disagrees with your narrative, you just call them that repeatedly over and over again, and your mind-controlled, brainless followers will be like, Trumpism, blah, idiot. They will never listen to it. And that's the idea. They want these people to never open their minds and listen to a freaking thing or actually engage in any content. I talked earlier in the show yesterday about how two of their tactics are never engaged with content of the opposition of, or disinformation content. And how do you, how do you determine something is disinformation if you don't engage in it? Well, someone else tells you it is. Someone else tells you the source is bad, and this is what they did also. They said the source is bad, therefore anything that comes from this source is disinformation. So don't read it, don't repeat it, because it reinforces it. That's how they convince them not to repeat it. It's almost like stay away from it. You need to blindfold yourself and walk backwards when you approach information coming from a bad source because it could infect you, but you still need to respond to it, even though you have no idea what it is, with this verbatim message that we give you. These are unthinking people. And they want to keep them that way. It's frustrating. I know some people who've gotten caught up into this, and I feel sorry for them actually. They don't realize they, they might. The after World War One, these propaganda, this mass-scale propaganda campaign, they say it was the first at that scale that had ever been conducted in the US where they've really organized the whole country. The there was a revolt against propaganda because people were disillusioned because they realized they'd been lied to and they 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 finally were able to ref- reflect on what they had done. I, I think we're going to see that again in the coming years, and I do. And I think some people are going to they're going to come to the other side of it, and they're probably going to feel very bad about what they helped further. This stuff is the Borg, man. This is global collectivism. That's the agenda that's being pushed with the progressive narrative that they're that they're propagating, and this narrative is is the Borg. Join the Borg or get called a Nazi. Resistance isn't futile, it's racist. Resistance to this narrative is portrayed to these activists as being absolutely evil and must be combated at all costs. No questions asked. And whatever they say is accepted. Questions to these people is disinformation. Literal, literally questions are disinformation. If you ask a question about the vaccine on social media, you're spreading disinformation by asking a question. That is how brainwashed these people are. Okay, so we talked yesterday about how groups like this have a different definition of what truth is. And when I think of truth, I don't know about you, but when I think of truth, I think about honesty, integrity, facts, evidence-based arguments, a genuine pursuit to uncover the truth regardless of what that truth might reveal. That is not how activist groups like this Define what truth is, or how they think about what truth is. To them, and I I mentioned this yesterday, but it's worth restating to them, truth is their values, and their values are the truth. Therefore, anything that opposes their values opposes truth and is therefore disinformation. That's how anything that goes against their values is disinformation, and they are the truth brigade. That is how they think about it, and you can hear it in the language they use when they talk about responding with their values in the, they don't know the, the truth sandwich that we talked about yesterday. I, I do have another clip about that because those things crack me up. It doesn't hold up in court. It's not really a evidence-based argument. It's a values-based, our values are right, your values are wrong based argument. And it's not a good one, but it's the one that they go with and, and they, they repeat it and they have teams of people repeat it with those copy and paste messages that they do all the time. But anything that opposes that, they attack it as disinformation and this is one of the best illustrations of narrative warfare that we're going to see. We've done a lot of work on the narrative warfare stuff and we know that narrative warfare according to the experts the ones who wrote the book for the national security industry it's not about truth. It has nothing at all to do with truth. It's about controlling the meaning, controlling the meaning of the information in a way that serves the narrative, and the narrative that they serve is one that attempts to force progressive ideals that cannot exist with other beliefs and other ideals onto the entire planet, onto the globe. These people, they are, they are messengers, these activists, these people being trained for the wealthiest and most powerful people on the planet, for the global order that do not care about them, they see them as cattle. They see them as an ends to a, a means to an end. And as soon as they're done with them, they're going to be crushed under the boot of the global order. They are an ant to them, yet they are being conned into furthering that message and to adopting this idea that truth is their values and not actual evidence-based facts, which is, you can't argue with people like that. You can't have a discussion with people who have been operating on a premise that their values equal the truth and anything countering it must be defeated and cannot exist. There's no conversation when that is the belief. Fortunately, this is a small percentage of progressive or or Democrats that buy into this stuff, but man, this is a true brainwashing operation that we're, we're witnessing here. And we're actually witnessing it through these clips. This is how it works. So... The long-term solution, he said, to finalize my, the, the deconstruction of that clip, the progressive microphone, that's what he wants to do. And they want to do this at the local level. That's why they need these order followers everywhere across the country in every district in the country spreading their messages and using their top-down tactics to make it look like it is rising up from the grassroots. It's not. It's not. They're trying to create a fake grassroots movement. It's controlled. And we've seen that it's controlled at every step of the way, just like the local newspapers are absolutely controlled. All right, so one more clip from this guy. This is These are his parting words to activists who adore him, where he expresses what he hopes the future of democratic politic, communi- political communications will
2: be. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I think this is the future in democratic communications. I think that in the uh, future of political communications, but I want to be the future of democratic communications. My hope is that I was the communications director in the 2008 campaign. I hope that in the 2024 campaign, the person who has my job, one of their responsibilities is marshalling an army of millions of progressive activists to amplify the message, to fight disinformation, to take on Fox and Facebook. And I think that, it, that is the future, that's what you guys are doing. And uh, I'm very grateful to be here, I'm very grateful for all the work you're doing, it's making a huge difference.
0: It's making such a huge difference. He's so grateful for all the work they're doing. He'll probably retweet the one who did the best job in class, and they will, it'll make their, their month, and they'll tell all their friends about it in their activist meetings. But he wants to create this army, this army of progressive activists here, and he wants to weaponize them. That's what he wants our, our political leaders to do, is to weaponize millions of mindless NPCs to bully anyone who holds different values as them into submitting to this global agenda. He wants to create, as that book I referenced earlier, with the, the Bolshevik or the organizational weapon, he wants to create one of those out of these activists and then point them at anything or anyone who they see as a threat. And they will act on command. The people who are brainwashed don't know they're brainwashed. There's never been somebody on the planet who says, I know I'm brainwashed. I'm just going to go. Once you start saying those things is when you start questioning the programming. So that's why people who are brainwashed and cults like this is a cult. They are just so adamant and committed and that no amount of facts or evidence can really shake them. Not not in an instant anyway. It takes an extended period of time of them seeing the truth and reality about those who have led them astray. Kind of like after World War One. That's why facts often don't aren't effective with some of the people who are truly bought into the progressive stuff. People who are moderate Democrats and just like normal people, they can have a conversation. But people like this, you can't even have a conversation with because they're so programmed. I've tried with a couple of people who are, I think, I believe they're in Indivisible. I know they're in one of these groups because I see them retweeting scripts that I get in email from these activist groups that I have signed up for just to see what their programming is. And, and I try to tell them, but it doesn't matter. It does not matter because truth is not evidence-based to them. Truth is based on their values, and their values are presumed to be truth. Okay, so I'm going to go a little bit more rapidly through these next clips here. And uh, the the next one gets us back to some of these tactics. This is Cameron, the guy that is the Bizarro Cam, uh, the activist. He's actually named Cam, Cameron. And he gives us an example of the truth sandwich, which we talked about yesterday. But I want you to see here. How he wants them to use this one, because he gives a very specific direction and target to use this truth sandwich he's referring to against.
3: Let's now take a look at an example of one of our truth sandwich messages, which is right here. And this is a really great one. So again, we want all of our kids to feel safe. So that's why I chose this one. So this is from a couple of months ago, one of our campaigns that we did. And so the message on the left-hand side follows our format on the right-hand side. The message reads, I want kids in America to feel safe and secure, don't you? So who does it serve to distract from real threats to their futures like underfunding our schools? Instead of letting politicians use education as a wedge, let's prioritize young people's real needs. Hashtag truth Brigade, hashtag back to school. And I'm not really gonna talk about the hashtags, but we always make sure that we end all of our truth sandwiches with hashtag truth brigade. Yes. And so if you look at this message, we, we have it color coded for you. The top section, that first sentence is in black. That's our top bun where we're discovering common ground. The second line is in red. That's our inners, our our toppings, our, our fixings, our patty or whatever it is. This is ridiculous. Uh, and that's where we're disrupting the disinformation <laughs> by kind of shedding light on it. And then, the last sentence is in black, and that is our bottom bun where we are you know reframing, we're dreaming of something further and we're you're you know saying let's prioritize the, the real needs yeah rather than getting lost in the disinformation.
0: Next slide, please. Okay, so that was ridiculous, but it just cracks me up whenever I, I hear him talking about that. the way he talks about it and the way they construct those messages too, as though that's going to work, Who's that going to work with? I mean, it's obviously, at least to me, it's obviously surface and empty. It doesn't, it doesn't seem. It's just, it's a script, and it's not like a genuine thing. And he's telling these people to, to just repeat that. I guess they're going by instead of quality of message, they're going by quantity of message by getting all these people to spread it and repeat it. Maybe that's uh, the approach. But here he talks about who. So you see it on the screen here, probably if you're watching. But I'll let him, what it says on the screen, and he's going to say it here, it says, use this three-part framework for conversations, for posts on Facebook, tweets on Twitter, for letters to the editor, for articles, for canvassing, for billboards, and to keep calm when faced with your Trumpian uncle. Again, Trumpianism. This is what this entire information war training session that they're doing is being targeted towards, yet they've never really clearly defined Trumpianism. Other than the leaders tell them who and what is under that category. So
3: we use this three part framework as do several of our partners. I did see a couple of questions earlier in the chat about, you know, there's a lot of people doing this work. What are we doing to, to you know, utilize this together? And a lot of our partners are using this similar framework that we use right here. So we use this framework for conversations, face to face conversations for posts on Facebook, for tweets on Twitter, for letters to the editor. And those are my favorite because then you can get much longer and much wordier, Um, (laughs) within limits. A lot of editors have limits on characters as well. Um, You can use this framework for an article. If you're out knocking on doors, if you are putting up a billboard, um, you can use this framework pretty much anywhere. And always we use this framework to keep ourselves calm when we're facing down our own Trumpian uncles, and let me tell you, we we had a great a great person in the in the the room earlier. I don't know if she's still here. If she-
0: notice how he said facing down, as though it's a fight, and they did call it an information war. This is not an effort to try and communicate with people cordially to try and have open conversation with a a mind that is. That's what a debate. That's how you grow. That's how you learn. Is you ha- your mind is willing to take in new information and be affected by what you learn that you didn't previously know that might change your perspective a bit. They are opposed to that. They are not about changing anyone's perspective. They are about bullying people. They are about calling people Nazis, deplatforming them, shaming them into submission, trying to cut them off financially until they either shut up or they just agree to align with the values in this agenda that they are pushing. And even a subtle thing like that, this guy's mind when he's having conversations is facing down your Trumpian uncle. That's a war type conversation or, or a language anyway. She
3: is shout out to Jen Senko. Um, but my own uncle, like her story of, you know, the brainwashing of her dad, my own uncle who went from a staunch blue Democrat to a deeply, deeply read Trumpian individual. And so like this this framework works. It helps to really guide you through conversations with people like that.
0: Okay, so he doesn't really explain how it worked. He, he His example there didn't make much sense. I'm not quite sure exactly what he meant with that. Okay, so in the next clip here, they are going to address the question on the minds of all of their trainees, which is obviously, I mean, obviously, it's how do you talk? to these disgusting vaccine deniers how do you you even talk to them let's find out
4: um you really think that i can find something in common with a vaccine denier that's the question most people ask at this point um and the answer is yes and so what i'm going to talk you through is how you find that opening of your true sandwich or Or any conversation, right? With someone who's been infected by disinformation because we have a really simple system.
0: I love how she said infected by disinformation. She's talking about vaccine deniers. Nice turn of phrase there.
4: Someone who's been infected by disinformation because we have a really simple system to help you do that. And the reason we want to do that is because it helps us uh, survive in a really well, demoralizing world uh, when we find that we have things in common with people that we think are completely alien we feel an awful lot what better does that about have to do with each other
0: with talking to vaccines den- this she's that that just that little paragraph there just came off as very we're all down and we're all depressed and we all just need to fight these vaccine deniers and overcome authoritarianism maybe I'm reading into that but it's just it's a weird Weird thing she said.
4: See, so with disinformation, we just pick a nasty bit of disinformation. Remember, I talked a lot about the fear that is designed to instill in us. We live to a common human value or desire. That's it. How that works. And then invite you to do one with
0: me. Are you guys ready to flip the fear? For those listening on screen, it's showing the truth sandwich. A lot of the stuff they're saying, they have the the words on screen. And now it says, let's practice on screen. They're about to practice flipping the fear, which is just a reframing technique is what they're going to go into.
4: Let's say that the disinformation is vaccines cause infertility. Anybody have any ideas about what underlying fears they're trying to stir up with that bit of disinformation? Just go ahead and write it in the chat.
0: Okay, while they're filling in their answers there, notice how, and they do this in all of these trainings, that they just presume the claim that was presented as being disinformation. It it is, in fact, disinformation that vaccines cause infertility. That is in no way true. There's nothing to support that claim. They don't even question it. They never have a conversation. That's what a true truth brigade might do is actually investigate the claim and then present their own claim with evidence. But they don't do that. They all just presume that it's true. They present no evidence. They debunk no claims. They just state it is disinformation as their starting premise, as though it's a universally accepted truth. And no one wants to be, you know, the person who questions it. No one there because they all want to be in the favor of their activist leaders, of their overlords. And they're not going to dare question that assertion, especially if nobody else is. It's a psychological technique. If people talk as though something is true and and every person agrees, nobody questions it, that and no one challenges it ever, then those who might have doubts about it in their mind are going to be very unlikely to speak up and express those doubts because they don't want to get the attention of everyone else focused on them because they will then sound like the evil that they are all together there to oppose. It creates what they call the spiral of silence. If you think you have a minority opinion in a group, then out of fear of the shame and what might happen if you express your true opinion, you remain silent. When the reality is, most people there probably agree with you at least a little bit and in this case they don't even bother to say let's just give a little bit of debunking here they don't do that you just accept this as truth that vaccines might cause infertility but the, rea- the reality is that when it comes to these things about the vaccine is they have no idea about the side effects they have no idea none Because none of the side effects get recognized. So every side effect that is recognized is rare because almost none of them do get recognized. And when they do get recognized, it's not for an extended period of time when they feel safe that they can then acknowledge that it was, in fact, a side effect. How many things have they been wrong about? You you get the shot, you won't get COVID. Wrong. Shutting down the schools and businesses will work. Wrong. None of it was correct. They had to change everything, yet they are here stating something as truth that they have no idea about. None. This is the training that these brainwashed people who are going out and doing these activist things in the streets, they throw these people in the streets. People like this who are conducting the training, people like that guy, Dan, they're not the ones on the front lines, quote, putting their bodies on the line. That's what they tell them to do. Put your bodies on the line in this fight against anti-democratic authoritarianism. They're not out there. They're just conducting the ants. The ants themselves, the ones being trained and manipulated, are the ones getting stomped on by a boot. The ones getting arrested, the ones having their the rest of their lives being, uh, hopefully it's not going to be permanently tarnished, but some people die when it comes to this activist stuff. It gets heavy, it gets intense, and the ones who are the ones getting damaged the most are not the ones who are manipulating them, and it pisses me off, man. I feel bad for the people who, who are listening to this stuff and believing it. It's unbelievable. All right, got a, little, got a little ticked off there, so let's get back to the rest of this clip as she is t- showing us this method.
4: Fear of being harmed. Exactly. Fear that.
0: Oh, yeah. They're going through the fears that a statement like this might stir up.
4: They're going to (laughs) die. The bad actors want to make you afraid. Very afraid. Any other ideas? That the government is controlling you. Exactly. Oh, you. Oh, you guys.
0: Oh, that's what a crazy thing to think the government is controlling you. They're, They're like, no, the government's not controlling me. It's my indivisible group that controls me.
4: Yeah, I can't have kids. That's very fundamental.
0: That's funny because to me, with the way she said that, it sounded like somebody was just typing. No, I can't have kids. I'm telling you, I can't have kids. And she just read it as them saying, oh, here's what they fear. But somebody crying for help.
4: Again. So this, as you'll see, this is a lot easier than you might think, but yes, that it's a plot loss of power. You've nailed it. So here are some ideas that we came up with. And I think you've, you've hit all of them. Um, So we'll take that.
0: The ideas they presented, it says on screen, I don't know if she's going to say them, it says afraid of the health impact, fear of death, the fears that people stir up inside when they hear what they call disinformation about vaccines and fear of loss of control of power, fear of not being supported by family.
4: Then we flip the fear. So these are the fears that we've already populated here on this slide. If we were going to flip those fears, Um, how might we do that? So what I mean by that, if someone is afraid of the health impact, how would you flip that into a desire that we all hold? And I'll give you an example. The desire can be as simple as we all want to lead healthy lives. So that's something that you can say right, left, middle, and open up the conversation to talk about the deeper issues.
0: Is that going to open up the conversation for you guys when you know you're talking to an activist? If you are, I'm not vaccinated. If someone like this came up to me and they tried to do this obvious ploy to get me to open up my mind for a conversation with them, I actually, I would listen to them because that's just, I tend to be pretty open-minded about things and I will listen to what people have to say. And so I would, I would not reject them. I would not be rude. But when I'm hearing what they're saying in my mind, I'd be going, okay, I got that indivisible email too. I know what you're doing. And and, and it's just... I don't know that I would be put in a place where I would be more malleable to their propaganda. And it's just funny to me that they're talking about talking to people who aren't vaccinated in this way. Which people who aren't vaccinated tend to be people who think critically and ask a lot of questions. And that's not the type of messaging that's going to really pierce through that. Any disaliment. other ideas
4: about how you might flip this? And I'm watching the chat. We all want to live healthy lives.
0: Any other ideas? So I believe she's saying when they say they're afraid of the health impact and they flip it by saying, well, we all want to lead healthy lives. And here's how you lead healthy lives. You get this shot that's been the eff- efficacy is 100% Dr. Fauci. So, they, so that's they, they flip that fear into something positive, I believe is what she's saying.
4: It's about how we might flip it. And I'll go ahead and click so you can see some of these ideas. All
0: right. And what just came on screen on the PowerPoint, the PowerPoint that looks like it was made by a seventh grader in his first presentation project says that, we all want to be healthy. The uh, other, another flip is I hope to live a long life. Another flip of the fears are controlling my destiny is important to me. So therefore control it by getting the jab. And then another one is support supporting family is a must and their fear of not being supported by family is flipped by saying that and then well you support your family by getting the shot and therefore you don't give them covid and you don't kill your grandmother. How do you flip that fear by the way? They they throw fear in on top of flipping the fear usually. Yep. She's reading the comments. Supporting here.
4: family is a must. That's something that's true across the board. It really hits those conservative triggers. So you can open your messages with something as simple as that. I yep. think because um I think we're running a a little bit behind. Is that uh Laurie, can you tell me you? I think um in our schedule we're not going to go far All
0: right. Get that clip out of here. Next one is they're going to be being a little bit more specific in how they share their messages between now and the election. And what you're going to see on screen is you're going to see some thought bubbles. And there's going to be one that says, choose a topic and the air. There's going to be three arrows pointing at three other thought bubbles coming from out of the first thought bubble. We've all seen these like brainstorming programs that do this. And then they will have in the thought bubbles, they will have the issues that they're allowed to choose from. It's going to one of them is going to say, Voting and election lies. Another is going to say divisive issues. And the third one is going to say fear-mongering or fear-mongering and then campaign smears. Smears, excuse me. So these are the three things that these activists, the uh, topics they can choose from when it comes to choosing their messaging. And I will let I will let them describe it. And for those watching, I will let you see it. Here it is. Do that. About what to expect in
1: the midterms and how to fight back. Now I'm here to ask you to use that knowledge to share your own messages. I'm going to show you a way to do that from now through the election. Here's the plan. Next here's slide, plan. please.
0: Next slide. All right. Now you see those. Remember
1: those questions we asked way back at the beginning.
0: On top of the screen, it says "Midterm Disinfo Disruption Campaign" and some cool font. It's orange, and then it has the thought bubbles.
1: Beginning of this summit, we asked you to consider um, what issue were you super concerned about? And two, what kind of communication platform are you comfortable with? So here's how we'll use those um, answers you have to sort of formulate a plan. Is this woman on Valium? So first you'll choose one of the issues that Kelsey is going to name in a moment. They're, they're being added to the slide, right? I mean, now.
0: This looks like a children's workbook says choose one topic, and as I said, what the thought bubbles say about election lies, divisive issues, and, and candidate smears. These are the choices they get. These are the only choices they get. Don't have much freedom and creativity, but they give them at least a little bit of choice to make them feel like the choice is their own. Wow.
1: These issues are what we expect MAGA Republicans to lean into mm. with deceptive ads, posts, and comments. Next, you'll choose a platform on which you're comfortable communicating on. So it could be one of these things that's popping up right now. Go ahead, Jody. Yes, um, and and it cu- it could be you know something that's related to social media, something that you have to use your computer. But it also could just be places where you think you might be teaching others or having conversation.
0: Okay, so yeah, this woman needs to lay off the the red wine and Valium before she does her indivisible training. I know she was going to meet that Dan guy, so she. Was probably a bit nervous, but it has a childlike fill in the blank document here where choose one topic and then they give the topics they're allowed to choose and then choose one platform and they're given the platforms to choose. And then based on that, what they get is they get a specific message fit to the platform and fit to that topic that they chose. And they then retweet, copy and paste, like not putting any of their own stuff into it across those social media platforms. This is, these people are doing this. Like we see it all the time. There's no thought here. There's no freedom here. There's no no cognitive effort going on. There's no individuality. There's no creativity. This is simply bots repeating what they are told to do in a childlike fashion. I mean, they are treating these people like effing toddlers. Do as instructed, slave. Just as a reminder, I think it's a good one to play on the back of, of this clip here, the one that I played yesterday, that they do, in fact, give them a place to find their copy and paste scripted talking points. Again, here it is.
3: Excited to announce our very own Indivisible Truth Brigade private group on Facebook, where you can all join us. You can get access to new campaigns and easily copy and paste messages to your own Facebook pages. So, this is the logo. You can search Indivisible Truth Brigade on Facebook, and then you can request to join um and you we've also got our very first done by the wonderful jody herself uh on display for you here but we do have a review process there's only two of us so we anticipate a bunch of you are going to leave here and immediately hop onto that and that's great um but bear with us for just a couple of days when we catch up with all of the requests to join so now i want to hear from all of you so
0: Oh, everybody talks the same way. The women, the men, the theys, the them, the babies, the whatever, whatever they identify as. What's the per and purge? Is that the new identifications you just identify as a person? They all have the exact same uptalk reflection in their voice. Oh my gosh. It's, it's very Valley like in their speaking pattern. It's, I don't know if it's an age. It's not because they're all different ages. They're, they're one of them. the lady is she's got to be in her mid fifties. And this guy is probably in his early thirties. If I had to guess, But I guess there is a a pattern of speaking when people hang out in the same circles quite a bit. So I got one more clip for this, then we'll go to the XR. And what this last clip is going to be is it's just something that was said during this that I'd never heard before. It's a sentence I had never heard in my life that I thought was kind of funny, but it was just really bizarre, actually. This whole thing is very, very bizarre. And the fact that this group has the influence they do across the country among those who are their target audience as that Dan guy called them. He called them targets in the clips we played yesterday. It's amazing to me that people buy into some of this stuff, but you know, we're all vulnerable to to different sorts of influence. And I guess they've just kind of found their groove with this strange, weird influence they're using here. But what we're going to talk about in the XR is we're going to go through A little bit of what happened at the Clinton Global Initiative yesterday and the day before. The Clinton Global Initiative, they reemerged for the first time since Jeffrey Epstein allegedly died or disappeared. And the Clinton Global Initiative, as I mentioned the other day, earlier this week, was conceived by Jeffrey Epstein and Bill and Hillary Clinton. It is his and their baby together. So we're going to hear what the baby of Clinton, Clinton and Epstein, what happened there and what their agenda is, which I think you'll recognize it because it's very similar to the talking points we hear coming from another globalist operation. So that's what we're going to do in the DMB XR. And if you want to get access to that, then you can go to, that's the subscriber only content. You can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there or PropReportLocals.com and subscribe there. And what I also, what you also get subscribers is I take out the ads and from this show. So you get that show and then you get this show also ad free and you get them together in one longer show. I take out all those ads for subscribers All right, on to this final clip of the day. Those con, man, those people are con artists and I do actually enjoy watching some of those because one, they can be kind of funny. Two, it's shockingly revealing for some of the things they do. I have one that I might do next week, break it up into parts where they specifically teach bird dogging, where you go intentionally, basically get punched in the face so that you can then get it printed in newspaper and media and stuff. So I I find that stuff to be, be fairly revealing, even if it is tough to get through sometimes. But this clip to me, I just think is, I, I've never heard a sentence like this before. We'll see if you've ever heard anybody say anything like this before. What clip is this? Clip five. Here we go.
4: Really looking at opening people's minds in the middle of this sandwich.
0: Let me play that one more time for you. Make sure we get the what she's really conveying there.
4: And we're really looking at opening people's minds in the middle of this sandwich.
0: And we're really looking at opening people's minds. In the middle of this sandwich. A phrase I've never heard before. Never thought I might hear. I know what it means now because of the truth sandwich. In the middle of the truth sandwich. Between the top and bottom bun. You're immersed deeply in between the top and bottom buns. Opening people's minds in the middle of that sandwich. Thought it was an interesting phrase. I thought it might be a little bit of a lighter note to end on. Okay, thank you guys for listening. There's that familiar music we all know and love from JJ Boogie. Great stuff. Thank you guys. I I appreciate you guys watching and I appreciate you guys listening as well. You can find the Propaganda Report podcast wherever you find your podcast, wherever you listen to. It's amazing how a song can just change the way that you you vibe and the way that you speak. It really can. Very soothing. We'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day and a fantastic weekend.